Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody and welcome to the Kachad. it's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question hey what's up with cars i'm lucas southworth and i'm sorry to tell you you got pranked last week lucas what are their hands that's true that's the that's sort of like the episode this Lu- week lucas We're... what are their hands no i know that's sort of like your like thing lucas like... we've done we've done almost <laughs> 70 episodes and we still don't know what's up with their hands we don't we don't know what's up with their hands and seeing as it's a leading question that our podcast is built around we should probably answer it in this week's episode episode 69 hand stuff i'm sorry to inform you is the title of the episode lucas what if their hands no i know say your name hello welcome to the chat the only podcast brave enough you to talk about hands i'm hands he's john bishop uh, you did get pranked last week because we told you we were never going to do episode 69, but oops, we're doing it <laughs> a whole episode later, I guess. Lucas, what of their hands? No, I know, but I do know that what of their hands is sort of the question that keeps you up at night the most. Keeps me up at night, but it seems to bother you more than me. And that's sort of what we're going to be diving into this week. So I was, so I was going to bed. And then uh-huh. I was shown a video of car people. A car sure. person had a baby. Mm-hmm. And then his tires, which were his hands, they became hands. Yes. You sent me this TikTok and I watched it and I was like, man, that's not, that's something for Lucas, sure. Lucas, how do I sleep again? That's a question for sure. Uh, hmm. It wasn't even the tires. It was like the bumpers above the tires. Like mud flaps that just became hands. No, I would say it was more just their entire tire area became a hand. They like held babies and picked things up, which really pointed out how much the cars and Disney Pixar's cars can't do that, you know? How do you pick anything up if you ain't got no hands? Again, that's <laughs> that's sort of what we're gonna get into uh, this week. All right, let's talk about it. Okay, so first yeah. thing... Uh, Hands. Hands, hands. They're good for your everything because they're how you do anything. Uh, The more you hands, the more you hands. Uh, Yeah, okay. All right, so five fingers. That's true. They don't have five fingers. They don't. The thing is, they don't have any fingers if we want to skip ahead a little bit. But Lucas, if they don't have fingers, that's not a hand. No, the issue is, uh, sort of the central issue of this episode, is they don't have hands. Uh, Did you know this about Disney Pixar's cars and cars? So today, I was eating lunch, and uh, my lunch was pizza. And the way I ate this pizza was by picking it up with my hands. Okay, that checks out. So if I didn't have those hands... Uh Uh-huh, I'm following you so far. I wouldn't have eaten the pizza. Yeah, seems that way. All right, so, so this morning... Mm-hmm. I put my toaster strudel in the toaster. Now, how did you do it? Using my hands. Okay. All right. And uh, when I then got those out, I, I decided to eat the toaster strudel. I put mm-hmm. the icing on it. And uh, all the time, I kept uh, I kept using my hands. Yeah, they're pretty important, I'd say, yeah. And uh, so that, that that's a good bunch of examples about eating. Let's talk about, like, I don't know, drinking. Okay, sure, 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 sure. All right, when I want like a nice can of Coke, a nice Mountain Dew, when I want to like use a water fountain, typically I use my hands. Is okay. it possible to use a water fountain without your hands? Yes, I would say so. Is it possible to 
drink out of a water faucet without using your hands. Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. So we know that these cars, they can't eat. Well, we do know that they do eat is the issue that I have with that but overarching do they? statement. But, but do they? they? We know they have food. We see Mater eat some wasabi. Okay. Uh, How did he eat the wasabi? It was, I think, literally placed in his mouth uh, by one of the pit crew folks. Uh, okay. Forklift. So you got a forklift. The only way to eat is to have food placed in your mouth by the only creatures that have hands. Well, John, I will point out to you that there are lots of creatures on our human planet, like cows and stuff, who eat without hands. They just sort of bend to where they need their mouth to be. Okay, and, uh, and uh, what, what do those things eat? They eat grass and fruit, and like if they're a predator, they eat other animals or uh, pretty much anything. Okay, so what you're saying is cars eat animals? I mean, I don't know that we have evidence that they don't eat animals, which is upsetting. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, they, I don't think they eat grass. So, I wouldn't say they do, no. So you got wasabi, fed to someone by one of the subservient class, the people with hands. Sure. You got animals, which they, I assume, hit. And then just devour viciously. They do have guns, but yeah, that's probably also a thing. Okay, so uh, I don't think they eat. You know, I again, I get where you're coming from. I think the evidence of them eating... that You know, I think this is a good time to bring up that I don't want to just say... There are the, all these things that we don't know how they do without hands. And like list a bunch of things this episode. Okay, Certainly okay, okay. we're going to also do that. But there is evidence that they do so many things that we don't know how they do without hands. So I want our main purpose to not be to just shout, they don't have hands. How do they make micro trip chip for cell phone? I want it to be, okay, there is microchip for cell phone. They make it somehow. Let's work from there. Let's work the problem. How do they build these buildings? How do they do detail paint work how do they eat let's let's figure out they don't have hands let's go from there what do they have since we know they do a lot of these things i'm willing to concede that we're not certain that they eat but i'm pretty sure they eat <laughs> see i get i i always get caught up on every little thing about the hands sure and there's so many things i want to point out that they can and cannot do due to hands and being cars no we can certainly still do that we, so like, we are going to do that. A lot of sports, not a thing, because you got to have hands. Like handball. How do you play handball without hands? But That then, one's pretty big. But then there's the food, and the only food delivery system we've seen is pretty much the people with something like hands. And we see all this infrastructure. We see all these things. All these things exist in this world. And what I have to say is the only thing resembling hands is the forklift. And they're subservient. Yeah. What if they do have hands, but they're not their hands? Okay. What if they have people who do everything for them? You know, that's something we have said before and a very reasonable description of, I think, you know, a decent theory. We don't have a lot of good theories for one of their hands because like one of their hands. So mm -hmm. we're going to get a little wild this episode, if I'd have to say. So, so let's let's talk about that though. One one real quick, uh, I did do some research and figure out what that cartoon was that we were referencing. It's from 1952. It's uh, a Tex Avery cartoon called One Cab's Family. They also have a baby in it, and that's pretty messed up. But it's not Pixar cars, so. And the baby can pretty much in instantly talk. Yes, which you know we're gonna get into enslaving the human race, but. One thing <laughs> that watching that TikTok really made me think about was the reason I don't question it in so many other like, oh, the cars are alive mediums is because they lean so much into the fact that they're cartoons, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam. He knows he's in a cartoon and that's why he can stretch his arm out and make the basket and beat the monsters. And we don't no, question he that. he can only do that because uh, he's got Michael's special stuff. 
that's water. It's a placebo, and he tricked them because Michael Jordan is a is an incredible manipulative person, but like a, in a good way, he motivated them. But like, okay. it's this really interesting moment where Michael Jordan realizes he's in a cartoon and is like, "Oh, I can do whatever I want." But and like in other things, like this weird old nineteen fifty two cartoon John sent me. Like we see that, and we see the cars like reach and grab a baby, and we're like, "Yeah, it's a cartoon, whatever." But cars sort of roots itself in a weird realism about the cars Mm -hmm. and that like i don't know they like change their tires and everything looks like human society and like they don't give us these like oh they can just use their tires as hands because if they did we'd be like okay sure this is the rules of this universe but they have established that in the rules of this universe hands are no goes Mm -hmm. and that's why it freaks us out so much See, in a lot of cartoon movies, what you get is you get uh, hyper-exaggerated situations that are absolutely ridiculous. And in a lot of movies, you get just generally, like, this isn't possible, obviously, but there's this element of everything exists in this sort of uh, theatrical version of the real world. And in a lot of cartoons, they go for like, oh... Well, we're we're video game characters. We live inside of a video game, so we can travel to different video games and random specific rules affect us in very strange ways. You can see anyone from your favorite video games. We can travel to the internet because why not? We're cartoons. But Cars is set in just a like middle of nowhere town that's down on its luck because of economic decisions that the government has made. They have a fairly copied like society everything about these movies is designed as a cartoon but not as if it were a cartoon yeah like even amongst pixar movies cars is weirdly like obviously they're cars that talk but besides that it's weirdly down to earth and simple yeah it basically there was one youtube video i saw where the difference they explain something about cars, and the thing about cars is that the fact that they're cars isn't important. Yeah. You could tell the exact same story, and it just be people. It could be a live-action film, and it wouldn't affect the story. Yeah, it's purely... It's almost an aesthetic filter that they put mm-hmm. on a movie, uh, just because they're like, ah, because I think John Lasseter went on a trip throughout... Ru- route 66 and was like oh this is cool i like cars that's what we're doing now (laughs) yep and if it were to have that filter removed what you would have is a story about either an athlete or if you want to still do like nascar just to have a situation in which oh look uh we've got this race car driver who is in this middle of nowhere town because he somehow became detached from a trailer that was dragging his vehicle and now he's stuck in the middle of nowhere. And oh, look, it's the same movie. But instead of all of the people being cars, they're people who drive cars. Yeah. Or even just like people who have really strong aesthetics. Fillmore's mm-hmm. a hippie. Sarge is an army man. Like Lizzie's old. <laughs> that's that's all you got. That's all you got to do. So back to it. Because of this weird kind of realism in this movie or this this world in which everything is treated as if it were somehow just a part of a normal world except everyone's cars that's why the fact that they don't have hands and they don't show them using their hands because they don't have hands they don't fake them using their hands really that's why it's important yeah they don't give us an alternative even Mm -hmm. they they don't explain in any possible way how anything works yeah and i i realize we're sort of explaining the concept of the entire podcast Mm -hmm. but like it's very important for one of their hands i feel like because it's it's such a like tiny detail that affects everything that i feel like so many people could be like "Eh, it's a cartoon whatever Mm -hmm. but it's why it bothers us but anyway yeah they enslave the human race you were saying yep So there's the general Pixar theory and whatnot, and you could say this, that, and the other movies are connected, 
but you think about it and you think, okay, so this probably would come after the humans have either left or come back to the earth. So at this point, I'm thinking there's some sort of split where the humans are trying to repopulate the earth and the computers are going to, I guess, help. But at the same time, we saw in WALL-E that the, uh, the robots started to develop this own... I'm going to define what it means to protect you, which makes me think, at this point, the robots that are in charge are going to be able to make their own decisions about what they want to do when they're back in the real world or on Earth, which makes me think, okay, so the best way to protect a person if you're a robot that controls a ship is to make sure that someone never gets off the ship. So this sponsors the whole squishy bit theory where people are put into cars. But then you have to think, who's doing all the labor? In Wally, you saw a bunch of robots doing all sorts of labor, but at the same time, we saw examples of the downtrodden vehicles, the downtrodden robots. We've seen robots develop this ability to make their own choices, so we still see that in cars. We see the downtrodden vehicles and robots making their own choices. The difference is we don't see any of the people. So if there's the squishy bit, that's one thing. But then you have to see, well, yes, we see labor. We see cleaning. We see cooking. But the robots in Wally didn't build the ship. The robots in Wally just took care of it. And that's all that the underclass in this world does. The forklifts, the people with something like hands. Mm-hmm. So who's building everything? Who's building the car's suits? Who's building the infrastructure? Who's actually building the parts? And I think it's got to be people. And I think that there are two kinds of people in this world. There are the humans who have been gradually turned into fatter, fatter, amorphous blobs that cannot sustain walking or traveling on this earth. So much so that they became the squishy bits inside of the car. And they no longer needed anything but their blobbiness. And then there are the other humans who I have to assume were basically selectively bred and grown and raised like the other humans, except for the exact opposite purpose. They're the builders. They're the creators, except they're not completely human. Just like the cars are no longer human, these other humans, they're not being protected they're being forced to work. So there are essentially no humans. There are the cars, which are just the squishy bit that used to be people. And there are the collective, the collective of workers who form this strange hive mind that only ever works behind the scenes. And you got to ask yourself, well, what do you call this collective? Because if you say slaves, that's unfortunate. It's uncomfortable. But how do you tell people that this force exists in this car's universe in a way that makes it acceptable and honestly makes it seem like it's a good thing. Can I guess where you're going? I think you know. The manufacturer? The manufacturer's people. Okay, yeah, okay. The manufacturers, if you will. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do we always get back to a Morlock-Eloy sort of situation? Like, this is obviously pretty... uh, different but like the divergent evolution of humans is what we come back to a lot uh uh yeah that's compelling stuff man okay so what i propose is that what of their hands their hands are the manufacturer a collective their collective is the hand of god to them and that is one of the two groups that used to be people Okay, that's honestly incredibly compelling, especially for the first theory we throw out. Okay, even if the manufacturer isn't people, which I, I'm not going to get away from that because I really like it, the fa- the idea of the manufacturer, whatever it is, being what makes everything, I really, really love. Because it's mentioned, it's treated as like an omnipresent like force that's never seen it's 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 a replacement for god thank the manufacturer is what mac says in cars one wild that they put that in there but they did so we're using it uh and yeah if they they could even live underground like the morlocks if we 
if we want to go even further. Uh, but I don't know that we do. But it would also explain where they are all the time. Or there could just be... Like, we don't see the whole world, you know? Mm-hmm. They could just be in, like, giant factories making all the stuff. When something breaks, they're cleared out by, like, the car authorities and the manufacturers come in and fix it for them and are gone. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that in this universe, not only is it that you have this fear, Pixar's fear of showing us people in this world, but also there's a fear in canon where nobody wants anyone in the basic population to realize that it's all people. These human creatures that have been turned into this collective which makes me think that there has to be some sort of organization behind all of this okay and i think i need you to help me with that because it can't be just the basic agents of chrome because there's no hint of that there's no hint that they have anything to do with hiding humans yeah, it's not the okay. bad guys because the bad guys just want to blow up other cars yeah, and keep oil in place mm-hmm. as a driving force, which I can't see the human, the manufacturers having that much interest or caring that much about oil and how it does. I agree that it's probably not Chrome who are the spies from car two, cars two is because like there's no evidence of that. Like the, the manufacturers, if they are the omnipresent uh, protectors and providers of this universe would would have some interest in like keeping the stability but i imagine they're almost neutral in a lot of the affairs like had the lemon succeeded it wouldn't have been great but like mm-hmm. society would have continued the uh the manufacturer could have just fixed everything yeah they could like stop making oil rigs <laughs> you know yep. uh and then they would be, you know, SOL, uh, mm-hmm. vis-a-vis collecting oil. So, yeah, I agree it's not neither of those. Are there any other, like, existing large organizations we know of? There's like, Dynaco. There's, by and large. I mean, by and large could be part of it from Wally. Mm-hmm. Dynaco just seems to be an oil company. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I, I, if I'd have to guess, it's just... If there is such an organization, I don't know, we haven't seen it. Because <laughs> they wouldn't want us to see them, you know? Mm-hmm. And who is they responsible would... for the robots that had all of Wally? I'm sorry, what? The the Who uh, who the... is responsible for the robots that took over and decided what they wanted to to protect humans and Wally? Uh Wally? The ship? I don't know. It's Just by say and it. large. By and large. Yeah, okay. So what I'm just pointing out is that we know that by and large is responsible for what happened in Wally. Do we think that by and large, like stayed on earth that there were members of the human population that stayed and that it wasn't that the manufacturer was specifically like bred out of these blob humans, but instead were the remnants of by and large that remained on earth in this harsh environment that would be a much better like cause for divergent evolution because like i don't know how long the humans had been on the ship and wally but like they had time to sort of evolve in a way to what they were you know it was many generations yeah so and i mean now they get back to earth at the end of wally never mind uh but yeah that would at least be a good start for a divergent couple of populations and there's no reason to believe that they would you know reintegrate fully 700 years that's not a ton of time for evolution but it uh, it could start in that time at the very least it's definitely enough time for evolution of specifically the people that were on the ship because they had every part of their life controlled and mandated by robots yeah yeah like again they would start to change like humans have I don't know, changed since 700 years ago, just not, you know, mm-hmm. hugely. We're significantly taller and bigger in general. Etc. Yeah. And uh, basically a ship designed to have perfected eugenics capabilities could probably do a lot in 700 years. Yeah, and like, you're right that if 
some remnants of not maybe not even by and large maybe just folks who stayed on earth who were like you know i'm not gonna abandon my planet etc <laughs> mm-hmm. would see these people and they were probably you know like a big point of wally is like wally finds a sign of or wally and eve find a sign of life mm-hmm. and are like this is a huge deal uh, they find a sign that earth is capable of sustaining and supporting life again yeah which my point that I'd like to make about this new type of person that didn't get bred in that specific way is that if it is, by and large, that stayed behind, they could have specifically altered the people to survive in this harsh, harsh environment. And it would have been this different form of selection where it's survival of the fittest when all of a sudden everything is out to get you which is one reason that they give for Superman having just superior survivability is that on Krypton, everything was much, much more dangerous as the Kryptonians were like evolving and developing as a society. So like gravity was much more intense. There were creatures that were much more dangerous and specifically hunted down and killed people. So everything about that was harder to survive. So the people who did survive had to be stronger, faster, smarter, more capable, shoot lasers out of their eyes, but only Super, in a weird, if you will. yeah, in a weird, <laughs> like only works on a different planet kind of way. So, okay. I like this a lot. I have a half thought. All right. What's the half that thought? That will almost certainly not really get us anywhere. Mm-hmm. So Wally, right? Picture yeah. Wally. He's brown and give rusty. Give me, give me okay. Time. Okay. Sorry. 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 He got the binocular eyes, right? Yeah. 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 He looked like Minecraft uh, ET. That's a weirdly good way of describing Wally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. Cool. So he's a brown mechanical, rusty, old, worse at talking than everyone else. And again, this is a half thought. That's also a descriptor of Tomator in a way. Sure. They look kind of similar. But I don't think Wally was ever blue. Yeah, but you don't know what his original colors were. You see like them being manufactured. Okay, I haven't seen Wally, okay? You haven't seen Wally? I've seen like the last half of Wally, which everyone describes as the worst half of Wally, which is a shame. Okay, okay. We gotta watch this clear prequel. No, yeah. I don't know how it happened. I, I, uh, It seems really good. It features Hello, Dolly in it heavily, and that's one of my favorite musicals. It is a movie. Yeah. Anyway, that was a half thought. All right. And it didn't go anywhere like I thought. So Wally might be Tomater, is the thought? I guess. I don't know, man. Okay. He's the savior of their people. It would make sense if they worked to give him superpowers. Okay, 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 okay. That's all I got. Uh, so one thing I wanted to to reference in this in this episode uh, was it jerking it. I'm sorry, uh, cranking it. No, no, that's not what I was gonna. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sure you just didn't get it. masturbation. Oh, okay. No, I mean I understand. It's both the hand episode and the sex number episode. So like I get I get it, but no I didn't really want to talk about that. We we can. Do you want to talk about cars masturbating, John? It's not that I want to. I just think it'd be irresponsible not to. Yeah, we have a duty to the people. I guess I guess. Okay, this is I mean <laughs> we've presented one cars hand theory, which is that there are people. So right now our companion is car gets horny. They call up a human to come help him with that. Is that what you want? I don't think that can be the case because we already talked about there's this secret conspiracy where nobody knows about the people. Okay, good. So how do car get due for themselves? Okay. Well, first, how do car have orgasm? Jesus Christ. Um, We talk about their headlights being sexual. Mm-hmm. So do right. we think the <clears throat> entire experience is based on light? We have in the past, I guess. <laughs> this sucks. 
so uh, what else it do? If we're saying tires is hands and feet and arms, then we got to say that if if masturbation, then what we're going to have to say is that they they got to we got to figure out how they make their tires sexually pleasurable for themselves. Okay. First thought, right off the top of my dome, they do like what is it called? A burnout where you like spin your tires real fast and then Donuts? go? No. Like where you just, are like just when you like burn out and like aren't going anywhere? Yeah. Where you just spin your tires and it makes a lot of smoke yeah. on the ground. Yeah. That I guess feels analogous in a weird way to me. In like a I don't know how to verbalize how. Okay. So like if this were person, sure. Then what would be the finish? Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm having an issue with. I mean, the, is the goal to get the tires to explode? <laughs> okay. Now, huh. That wasn't what I was thinking, but that is a common thing that happens if you burn out too bad, I think. Mhm. So I mean, maybe or maybe the car like backfires. So what you're proposing is that in Cars 1 when uh oh, Sheriff, Sheriff. Gosh, is chasing it. Lightning McQueen. He's just like he's just he... like doing a little bit of Oh Jesus, I am fully removing that from our podcast. I don't care. <laughs> Never in a hundred years should anyone else hear you say that. Uh he's really excited to be chasing down this criminal, but also he's complaining the entire time. Which like yeah. if I were chasing down a criminal and like experiencing microorgasms I would have to assume that I would complain about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, there are folks who, like, are hypersensitive, who, like, go through, like, hundreds of orgasms a day, and they describe their life as pretty miserable. Okay, I've just realized something that could be described as, like, a pleasurable thing for them involving their tires. Please. And, uh, in cars, what does Lightning McQueen fix? The road. All right, and uh, when people drive on the new, actually good road, how do they react? They're they're real into it. They 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 seem very happy about the smoothness of the road. What does what does our really really sexual character end up doing as soon as he gets on that road? I assume you're talking about Ramon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, how does he describe traveling, or how he's going to travel? He says, "Low and slow, baby." Low and slow. Is there any world in which that's not, like, obviously got a sexual connotation? I mean, yes, probably. But no, it's a weird, it's a weird turn of phrase. You're right. Uh... So what I'm thinking is that for them, driving slow is sex and masturbation. That's, that's nothing. That's nothing and we both know it. But think about it. Okay. Certain uh, people uh, in a sexual context really like vibration. Sure, yes. But when but when Mater drives on that real, real bad road, he vibrates a lot, and uh, clearly it's not supposed to be a good thing. But as soon as they get on a really smooth, like very drivable, pleasant road, everyone's weirdly into it. Yeah, because like, I don't know, it's like... Wearing velvet or something. It feels nice, but like isn't gonna on its own, unless you have a kink for it, I guess, get you off. Okay. Now, I'm not saying Ramon isn't a freak. (laughs) I would even go so far as to say he's for sure at least a little bit of one. Which, you know what? Fine. I'm not gonna sit here on my Cars podcast and kink shame Ramon, but... Okay, Ramon is the character who very, like, obviously shows a bunch of other cars his taint. And what yes. does he do to that road? He puts his taint right on it. At the very least, very close to it. Uh, low so yeah, and slow. I think, I think Ramon, I think we could assume Ramon has some, like, kinks that he's got going on that he does in... Maybe a bit too much of a public setting, but I don't think we can assume that about the general car's population. Or maybe it's just if you want it to be sexual, all you have to do is go low and slow. All you got to do 
is lower your suspension. I guess. I don't agree. This is one of the ones that I'm just going to let you continue to think, and I'm not going to think. How about that? Okay, but if if you disagree, you got to come up with a better proposal. Burnout wasn't great, and I'll admit that. (laughs) But like... I don't know, maybe for the release, the release is just when they finally go. How about that? So what you're saying is that it's just driving. No. They (laughs) tease themselves, and then when they finally start moving is when they finish. Yes, but, but only in the context when they've been burning out and for long enough beforehand. Okay. It doesn't make any less sense than yours of if they drive slow on a road that's dragging their taint on the road he doesn't drag it i don't think i don't remember we don't know but we do know that he goes low and slow yes whatever i said mine (laughs) i'm gonna do the wiggy quote i'm gonna choose to accept uh exploding your own tires i guess yeah you know what yeah that's mine i've changed my mind it makes somehow more sense because like there's a there's a proponent of like if you do this in person it's embarrassing so like yeah that's that's good enough for me and it involves the hands so that's all it really needs cool i'm going to do the wiki quote all right uh, of, do the non masturbation uh, of the week <laughs> yeah that's the title is i'm going to do the wiki quote that's the title this week uh <laughs> this week we're going over to worldofcarsdrivein.fandom.com slash wiki slash list of racers by their driver number. Uh, and John, I just have devastating news. Oh no. What's the devastating news? Much like in the World of Cars Online video game, in the Pixar Cars universe, there is no Racer 69, according to this list. There are at least three different cars who have number 68 and Three different ones who have number 70, but no car 69. Okay, but hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. Okay, so there is one vehicle that we know of slash have seen that doesn't obey the rules. And perhaps the reason he's got such a strange number is because his actual number is 69. What car are you talking about? I don't remember the exact number, but it's past 99. Oh, is it the one Caden sent us the other day? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there. Uh, when Caden sent us the uh, car's name generator, he sent us the link to a wiki of a guy who had number one, two, three, and he had it because he explains why he has it. It's because it's easy for him to remember because he's a himbo king and is very stupid. Is <laughs> his characterization? And it's Todd uh, Marcus. What's the uh, what's the other? Things that happen to be that number for him. Yeah, I found his description. When asked why he chose to be car number one, two, three, he simply replied, because it's easy to remember. That's why it's also his ATM number, his internet login, his home security code, and his save combination. Okay, so it's every number to this person. Yeah, so if anything, it's definitely one, two, three for him. And there are other cars with uh, numbers over 100, which is weird, but like, it's a thing. Sure, but if someone says, why did you pick that number, and it's because it's very memorable, does that not also work for the number 69? It does, John, and I get that. What if every number this person has actually is just a memorable number, like 420 or 69? That's fair, and you know what? Maybe. Who can say? I do want to supplement my wiki quote of the day with, I'm going to do a fun fact of the day, John. Uh, give me that how dare you of the day. You've done the wiki quote before, you're fine. Uh, (laughs) This week, I wanted to look at, well, if there's no one in cars who has car number 69, what about in the real world? And there have been several racers in NASCAR with car number 69, but... In their history, and this is from 2017, but I went and checked, and I don't think it's gotten any better for them. They have never won a race, uh, and have only ever led in three laps throughout their history. Uh, Average finishing position of of 21st, 
and it hasn't been used in a cup race since 1992, which is the longest dormant period of all numbers. So what I'm hearing is people who have the number 69 in NASCAR, they like to go low and slow. They finish, they don't finish first. I can say, I can tell you that much. So people who like 69, they like to go low and slow and they do not finish first. Huh. I guess. (laughs) I guess. Back to their hands, if I may. Mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to get into is there's a very, I'm going to call it formative, little animation like studio uh, special that like the people who animated cars put out called McQueen Has No Hands. Okay, Uh, okay, okay. And we've both seen this. Uh, I don't know if you remember it super well or not, but it's basically about the fact that Man, even the animators didn't really know what to do about the fact that they don't have hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Their policy was just don't show them doing something that would require hands. Yeah, the the long and short of it is there was a scene in which Lightning's supposed to be like, ah, Radiator Springs is back on the map. And then he produces a map. And this like just confounded them for a while until one of them was like, what if he just doesn't produce the map and just says the line? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, works for us. So their solutions to what do we do about the fact that they don't have hands include just have a forklift do it, have someone with some sort of hook mechanism do it, or just don't do it. Yeah, just avoid it best you can. But one thing I did want to go into, uh, I wanted to sort of examine their ideas because they go through like a lot of ideas that they reject that Mm -hmm. are like, no, we can't do this. So the first thing they talk about is the fact that the cars have an antenna and maybe they could use that, but then that's described as pretty creepy, which I don't know. Yeah, kind of. If their antenna could really ambulate sophisticatedly. Mm-hmm. Then again, the uh, the fangirl has that little thing on her antenna. Yeah, but like cars can have antenna decorations in our world too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying like, if I had a little toy, I'd probably want to play with it with my hand, not just have it on my ear. Yeah, so I, I do think that the antenna can be considered like something they do use from time to time, you know? Mm-hmm. They also talk about he can't open his car doors because, and this is a quote from a Pixar animator, folks, that's where his brains are. Yep, 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 yep. So, squishy bit confirmed, uh, don't add us. Uh, they talk about maybe opening the trunk. They talk about the king, Strip Weathers, coming in and showing the map instead, which I really liked that one because it doesn't address the problem whatsoever. (laughs) How does the king show it? Uh, yeah, they also say maybe Lightning could just draw it on the ground with his wheels, which then Lightning has put Radiator Springs back on the map. And I also like the idea of an extended scene of Lightning intricately drawing a map because that seems i don't know like it would take a period of minutes or you could do the favorite sketch montage of just have someone like move around quickly for a few seconds and then a very very detailed drawing is in front of them yeah or like yeah it imply through montage that time has passed would work i guess they also talk about the map all somehow being printed on his eyelids when he closes his eyes, which is bonkers how to get in there. Uh, And these are both A, rejected ideas, and B, as we go down the list, they were purposely making them silly, so we're not, like, making fun of them. They talk about, eh, maybe it's just on his tongue. Maybe his eye is a hologram hologram projector that projects the whole Earth, and it's on there. So, like, are we saying his eye becomes the map, or just shoots the map out of it? The eye is the projector that shoots the map out of it. Okay, I was hoping he meant like a Sharingan, so his Ooh. eye just becomes the map. Oh yeah, he does a uh, Sukiyomi. Huh. I watched some of Naruto, enough to remember that. That's the Ginjutsu that Itachi has. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Makes crows. It Yeah, he loves them crows, that crazy Itachi. Uh I hope it's crows and not ravens. I think they're crows. Uh, but anyway, I don't watch a lot of Naruto. Don't like at us. We don't care about Naruto that much. Uh, I 
I gosh, I wish they had gone with the projector idea. Can you imagine how many how much fun we would have if the cars could randomly shoot holograms from their eyes? I mean, back to our conversation earlier, that would have made it more fantastical and made me less concerned about everything else. Yeah, which like would make the podcast less good, but would make the movie universe less confusing and concerning at the same time. So, uh, okay, okay, okay. The the la- and these are definitely joke ones. They talk about him just shoving it out his tailpipe somehow. So like just pooping. J- just fully map. pooping the map out, yes. Yeah, okay, okay, uh, okay, fair. It's very reminiscent. They did a storyboard of all of these. Uh, we'll probably tweet this sometime this week if you really want to watch it. Uh, but it's very reminiscent of pooping. Like, mm-hmm. there's no two ways around it. Apparently, one of the animators really liked just drawing monkeys in the Cars verse, just because they thought it was funny. So they just had a car, uh, the door open and a monkey step out and produce the map. Which weirdly enough does <laughs> coincide with our really only theory we've <laughs> made this week uh, so so instead of people it's just monkeys yeah they just got monkey butlers that's the how they do it the manufacturer is monkeys the monkefacturer that didn't work super well but i'm going to stand by it the manu funky worse but i kind of liked it so who can say And the last idea they discussed, which was very funny, was Lightning just says to uh, Sally, oh, I got this new map book. Turn to page four. And Sally just looks at it and she can't open it. So then it cuts to 150 years later and they've both turned to like dust because they can't open the thing because they have no hands. (laughs) So the idea was just Someone said to do something that requires hands, so everyone dies of old age. Yeah, which again, these were just like people pitching jokes to each other that would never be in the movie, but that's pretty good. It's pretty good. What I'm hearing is I need to work here. Oh yeah, Pixar seems like, I don't know, pretty chill place is, I guess, the moral of the story. But then again, they're just like, oh, let's just avoid the problem altogether, which makes our jobs both harder and possible because if they explained it i don't know what would we talk about in our podcast about cars i i got nothing man i got nothing yeah do you want to talk about your all cars or vaguely psychic theory that you always go back to for one of their hands okay or is so that like, not in vogue anymore for you that's the thing is that that's the thing that i have to go with that's what i have to tell myself each and every episode of this podcast is that they're just vaguely psychic and that if they want to do something they just get really close to it or they just like barely touch it and they can use their psychic powers to manipulate it as if they had hands because otherwise they would need hands to do things so if they wanted to eat they'd either have to have someone else feed them or they could just just do magic yeah, they just go and they're like, ah, food, come to mouth now. Mm-hmm. And it does. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like one of my good old favorite uh, superheroes, good old Superboy. In the New 52, they explored that a lot of his powers were based on like psychokinetic abilities, but specifically only through touch. So... He could like levitate himself because he's always touching himself. And then he could touch a building and sense everything in that building. And then he could, uh, like, his super strength was because if he's holding something, he can then control it telekinetically. Basically, anything and everything that he has that is a superpower that Superman has, he vaguely has it because he's half Kryptonian or maybe a third Kryptonian. And he vaguely has it. Because he is psychic, and the combination is how he makes up for any difference in power level. Hmm. I think you've told me about that before, but it remains interesting. So, like, cars could be the same thing. They could all just be experiments that are from Cadmus. Yeah, Cadmus is bad news, usually. So So maybe, by and large, is owned by... Cadmus? Do you want me to finish? Yeah, Okay, okay. Let's try it again. So maybe... Uh, by and large, is owned by... Uh, Pixar, because they own the yep. IP. 
Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So cool. Pixar, there you heard it fo- here for first, folks. Uh, Lex Luthor owns Pixar. You, uh, six minutes ago, probably not even that. Four minutes ago, when we were like, Pixar seems like a pretty cool place to work. Scratch all that, super villains. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I could get behind like very weak psychic powers that can't do much that isn't incredibly near them because otherwise our theory that we go back to is it's not the manufacturing people that do everything for them. It's just, I don't know, man, forklifts do it. Forklifts do everything. Forklifts do every single thing. And it could be that they're like psychic. And the reason that all these forklifts seem to be doing everything is because since they're smaller creatures, they just have more energy for it. Yeah, and like I wasn't dismissing our forklifts do everything theory. I think it's probably the most plausible of all of them. Yeah, it's which seems is that way. sad. It's just I don't know. It's also the most boring of them because, like, I mean, it's not boring because it does, as we've discussed at length, bring in the ruling class working class disparity between the two, which is incredibly interesting and very very distressing to think about. But like on its surface of like just mechanics of how things get done. It's like, eh, like Guido does it. <laughs> yeah. But I think the reason that we find that theory as like, we find it to be a little bit boring. is just because we've talked about it as much as we have. Yeah. I feel like other people might think it's very interesting to go into it on their own. It's just that we've mentioned it only like eight times every episode. Yeah, because that, that's what we we come to one of their hands in most episodes. And we're like, eh, forklifts, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. So realistically, is movie magic. So I guess just saying, oh, yeah, it just works that way is the best you could do. But if you're not going to say that, you could go for psychic or you could be. There's a secret organization that controls a group of monkeys or people and those monkeys or people do all of the work. Which I really dig. I, I think, like, obviously it's a far out theory because you understand why it's a far out theory. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weirdly plausible. Makes a lot of things work. Knowing that someone wanted uh, just monkey butlers for everything yeah. makes me enjoy the theory a lot more. Yeah. I, I imagine it was probably a common issue that they ran into besides just this little map scene. And Mm -hmm. that was probably the joke is the guy was like, eh, monkey does it. It's not just that it may have been that he just liked also the juxtaposition of a monkey being in the cars first, which is admittedly pretty funny. It's pretty great. Yeah. John, I have an idea of a segment that we can only ever do in episode 69. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely. Well, we can also do it in episode 420, I guess, if we somehow make it another... (laughs) Because I never expected to make it a full year, and I definitely never expected to get to episode uh, 70, so uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, It'll sound familiar to you, uh, because it was my idea for the entire concept of the the episode, but modified a little bit. And I want to maybe do a segment just called Nice. You mean like, (laughs) nice. Yes, That's why we're doing it in episode 69. But I don't know. I sort of wanted to twist it to just be like, you know, we're pretty negative on these movies. I don't want to say a nice thing or three about them. Like, I don't know. Something you genuinely kind of like about cars. I I thought of the segment, so I have a couple. So I'll go first. Okay. I genuinely like in Cars 3, I don't think they execute it super well, but they tried to tell a story about privilege in like a decently like complex way. They had lightning come out and say, you know, I never realized that I had all these opportunities. I never doubted that I could do all this. And the fact that you did cruise is a new perspective for me. And I don't know. It's important that they do that. And again, I don't think it was super well done, but they did it and they tried. And that's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. We have to end all of them with nice now, I've decided. Okay. Now, is it okay if mine is kind of ironic? Oh, yeah. Like, one of mine, just spoilers, is going to be, I get to do a dumb podcast about it. Uh, I like that Cars 2's uh, 
lack of success goes to show that people should not put as much of an emphasis on secondary characters just because they're amusing. That was a cultural lesson that I am glad that a lot of people have to realize now. John, I made up a rule about... Do you remember the the rule about... And I think that's nice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Another one I have is... I sort of alluded to this earlier, but a lot of the reasons these movies were created is just because the people making them like really had an appreciation for Route 66. And you can genuinely feel a real love for that in the movies. It doesn't make up for like other issues all the times, but like you can tell like, oh, they really love Route 66 culture. They are genuinely invested in it. And also they really love like racing culture. They how they make efforts to get a lot of voice cameos from prominent racers. Uh, in Cars 3, there were those like three old friends of, uh, of docs who were like analogs to real racers who broke barriers. And that was, that's kind of cool. Uh, the Rusty's brothers were voiced by the car talk guys. And I don't know, there's a real love that you can feel for like car and racing culture, as well as route 66 culture that is, you know, feels kind of nice okay i wasn't prepared no i know i could have told you about this and quite (laughs) frankly i didn't um all right this is gonna be a weird one sure uh i like that in planes and planes fire and rescue there is a female character who is a smart capable intelligent uh friend of the main character who is in no way a romantic interest of anyone's, and she's just her own character. I think that's nice. Yeah. What is Dottie? Is that her name? I want to say just Dot, Dot, but yeah. Probably Dottie. Yeah. Yeah, and she's an engineer, which is really cool that they showed a successful woman in STEM. It's also nice. And like I said, the biggest one, it lets me do a cool, uh, really dumb podcast because of it has is just full of inconsistencies and unexplained nonsense. And it lets me, I don't know, hang out with my best friend once a week and talk about dumb movie stuff. And that's pretty nice. And that's the last one because it was sincere and genuine. And true for both of us. Yeah. Nice. All of them were sincere and genuine. That was the point of the bit. But <laughs> anyway... I don't know. That feels like it should be the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, girl. No, I've got. Okay. (laughs) One more in the nice segment is connected us to all you guys who listen to it. It's really cool that we found people who think that this is a fun thing to listen to, uh, whether we know you in real life or you, I don't know, somehow found this podcast. We do a bad job promoting it. I don't know how you found this, Uh, but. I don't know. You guys are really great, and we like interacting with you and that you uh, listen to the podcast, and that's really nice. And Nice. Yeah, thank you. I, this is where I thank you every episode at the end. I sort of did that earlier, but I'll do it again. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we're sorry that we pranked you, I guess, by <laughs> skipping episode 69 and then coming back and doing it. It's because we thought of an idea for it. Oops. Uh, <laughs> Blame TikTok. Yeah, it's fully because John saw that TikTok of that old cartoon. I still have the Wikipedia page open. If you want to see it, it's called One Cab's Family. It's by Tex Avery. But as we said, we like interacting with you a lot. So send us stuff, please. Oh, God, please. (laughs) Uh, If you had sent us an idea for episode 69, it wouldn't be episode 70 is all I'm saying. Uh, so you can do that at our email, which is thekachat at gmail.com or on our Twitter, which is at thekachat. You can either tweet right at us or DM us. Uh, if you try to DM us and that's not true, I don't know. Let me know. I'm bad at Twitter. Uh, and now John says some stuff. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, and, uh, just, just keep listening and keep enjoying it. Keep being awesome. And, uh, remember to, uh, take it low and slow. That's not the sign off. Don't forget <laughs> to flow like, like a Cadillac, Cadillac and sting, and like, sting a like a beamer. That sucked. Whatever. It's episode 69. So suck. Get it. Bye. <laughs> Bye.